invite you to open your Bibles to Psalms 85. And I want us to look at verse 6 today. The 85th Psalm and verse 6. This verse is talking about when Israel had come out of Babylonian captivity. And David is praying for a revival. And he says in Psalms 85 verse 6. He says, Wilt thou not revive us again? Now that tells us at one time they were, re- they were revived, but they lost it. Amen. And he says, revive us again, that thy people might do what? Rejoice. That thy people might rejoice in thee. Now if you take the word re, or the letters re, it means to do again. And the root word, vive, is from the Latin word, life. So revival simply means to bring to life again. You see, a person that is dead spiritually does not necessarily need revival. That person needs to be raised from spiritual death to spiritual life and be born again. Amen. But a saint, a saint that has, shall we say, lost some passion lost some zeal and lost some fire and perhaps and even lost their joy, they need to rejoice or they need to be revived. And so my prayer for this pastor, this pastoral staff and our entire church as we embark on the next 30 years of our lives and ministry, I pray that God would revive us in the midst of our years. That there would be a reigniting of the passion of God. And that there would be people that stay on fire for God and can hardly wait to hear what He has to say in their lives. Say it with me. Revive us again, O Lord. In the midst of our years. Oh, you see, revival is not for the lost. Revival is for the saved. There's a difference between evangelism and revival. Evangelism is where a sinner repents. But revival is where a saint repents. Are you listening to the preacher today? And I believe in having both, and we do have both in this church. Now, when an evangelist comes to town, that evangelist should be equipped not only with soul winning, but that evangelist should be equipped with signs, wonders, miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation so that people are drawn to Christ. But when a revivalist comes to town, and when a revivalist preaches, and we've got one here on the front row by the name of Pastor Brenda, a revivalist does this. A revivalist relights the zeal and the fire and the passion of the saints of God. A revivalist spurs the people onward and upward toward the Lord. Amen. And so revival then is a saint being refueled. See, I appreciate and I give God the glory for what he's done in the past. I thank God for past revivals and I honor the things that God did in the past. But I want to remind you today that he is not only the God of yesterday, but he is the God of today and he is also the God of tomorrow. 
And I believe with all of my heart that every one of us ought to be like David. As far as I'm concerned, if there's any oil in the house to be gotten, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. If there's going to be any move of the Spirit in this place, I'm going to be under the spout with the oil and the power of God come out. Can you say amen? I believe that we're living in a time of fresh oil, but we must position ourselves to be oiled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I believe that we need to have constant refillings and infillings of the Holy Spirit. I was watching my spiritual father this morning. He was preaching from camp meeting in 2002, and he was talking about but be being filled with the Spirit. In other words, we do not just need to be filled yesterday, but we must be constantly refilled and refueled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, I don't believe in living on stale manna. I'll guarantee you, after church today, I'm not going to eat stale bread. If they bring me stale bread, I'm going to ask politely, would you please bring me from fresh bread? And God has got fresh manna for his people. He's got fresh fire for you. And he's got fresh fire for me. I'm 61 years old and I'm not planning on quitting. I'm not planning on retiring. I am planning on refiring. By the grace of God, I want to preach well into my 80s and by the grace of God into my 90s. I'm not going to fade away and die off like an old raisin somewhere. No, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. As for me and my personal house, we shall be filled with the Spirit and stay filled with the Spirit. And as for this house called Heart of the Bay, we shall stay with the one who brung us. We shall dance with the Word of God. We shall dance in the Spirit. And we shall dance with the Spirit of prayer. That's just in case you were wondering. Glory to God. Revive us, Lord, in the midst of our years. If not us, who? If not now, when? You see, revival is the saint being recharged. And it is the saints being changed. Do you mind today if I get a little bit frank with you? Do you mind today if I just kind of lay out my case before you? I'm going to get behind the pulpit in case some of you start throwing stones. We need a revival when we have full seats and empty altars. When the majority in the church are spectators and the minority are worshipers. We need a revival. When a third of the congregation is lost in the presence of God and lost in the power of God and the rest of them stand by like this, folks, let's be honest about it. We need a revival. In Hebrews chapter 13, and I want you to look at that scripture in verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Not when we feel like it, 
But that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It seems like when a church is revived, there ought to be a lot of thanksgiving going on. There ought to be something coming out of our lips. It is the sacrifice of praise. Now, it's not every day that I wake up and I feel like praising God. It's not every day that you wake up and you feel like coming to church. But we don't live by feel like. I said we don't live by feel like and look like. We live by do right and walk right by faith and not by sight. Amen. That's how you and I live. And so when our flesh tries to order us around and command us around, we make our flesh do its duty. We make our mouth sing the praises of God. We offer the sacrifice of praise. In other words, we slaughter our flesh and we put it under and we make our flesh do what our spirit wants to do all along. And when you bring your flesh in line with your spirit, it won't be long, glory to God, before you're having some joy unspeakable and full of glory. The psalmist said it this way. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord. At all times. And his praise is going to continually be in my mouth. We need a revival when the saints complain and the guests compliment. We need a revival when pastor has preached his heart out. And someone pulls him by the coat and says, I want to have a word with you. The music was too loud today. Thus saith the Lord, get some earplugs. You preach too long. And I just saw you at the movie theater watching The Dark Knight Rises for two hours and 45 minutes, and you're going to tell me I can't speak about the Son of Righteousness that rolls with healing in His wings for at least an hour. Somebody help me. We need a revival. Thank you, Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of revival. I'm not done yet. You see, revival is when the saints get fired up. And they don't have this multiple choice going on in their home with their children. Your children come to you and say, it's raining. A, we stay home and watch TV. B, we go out for breakfast at IHOP. Or C, we go to church. No, a person that is in revival eliminates the A and B. There's no choice about it. As for me and my house, in your blessed assurance, we're getting out of that bed and we are going to church. See, when there's real revival, there's this gladness about you. There's this joy about you. There's this spring in your step to where you say, thank God I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let's get into the church house. 
Let's let God be God. Let's let God be king and do his thing in our midst. You see, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Here's another one. When we have more to shout about and we do it less, we need a revival. I'll be honest with you. I'm driving better than I've ever driven before. And I'm driving a 12-year-old 12, 12 automobile. You're driving a better automobile than you were last year. Since you said, but pastor, I got a hoopty. Well, at least you got a hoopty last year you were walking. <laughs> Come on now, somebody help me. I know you're eating better than you've ever eaten before. I can, hey. <laughs> We're living in better. We're driving better. We got more to shout about. But can you ex please explain to me? I don't comprehendo. How you can have all these increase of blessings and yet be decreasing in your praise. How there can be such an increase of prosperity in your life and such a decrease in your prayer life. How can there be such an increase of God's goodness on your babies? And you only come to the house of God when you feel like it? We need a revival. <laughs> come on, somebody say, we need a revival. I believe this. The more God blesses you, the more you ought to be praising him. We've got more to praise Him for than we ever had before. And I tell you, I refuse to let a new Christian outshout me. I double dog dare you to try. I refuse to be outdone by someone newly come to the faith. And you know, those who newly come to the faith, they can get up pretty on fire. I remember what it was like. God wants to rekindle that in many of us. You see, a new Christian knows that God saves. And when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to dance, 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 dance all day long. And when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to shout the praises of God. Because you see, I not only know that he saves to the uttermost, but he heals. And not only does he heal, but he keeps your body. I know that for a fact. And I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I've been in want, and I've been in abundance, and abundance is better, but I know that my God supplies. I know that he delivers. And I know that he sanctifies. How do you know? 
Because I've had the Lord point his finger at me and say, that's not to be a part of your life anymore, Mark. I know that the sanctifying power of God can come into a person's life and separate them from things that will harm them. And if you were honest, you'd know the same thing. You know, I think about just recently, we're back in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And many of you know that my mom passed away in December and we weren't able to bury her until July. But I was around several cousins that I hadn't seen for years and around a lot of drinking, around a lot of profanity. And I thought, my God, you're so good to me. Because that's the lineage I came out of. I started thinking about it yesterday. I thought, shake yourself. Is this really you? Are you really getting ready to preach to one of the most wonderful churches in the world? Is this really you? Are you married to one of the most beautiful women in the whole wide world, full of faith, full of prayer, and full of the Holy Ghost? Is this really you? I think to myself, oh, God, you've been good to me. Oh, God, you've been good to me. I could have died with a needle in my arm. I could have died with a bottle down in Skid Row. But God, who is able to save to the uttermost, came into the pit and lifted me out and made me sit together with Him in heavenly place. And you know what? If you just think, and if you just look back and see all that God has done for you, you You just can't help but shout. You just can't help but be happy and be glad. Woo! Glory to God. Isn't that right, Jamar? Are you glad what God delivered you out of? Woo! Thank you, Lord. How about you over there? That section. God done anything for you? Thank you for those three holy grunts and two amen. Let's try that again. This section over here. God done anything for you? How about you right here? God done anything for you? How about you over there? Well, let's all shout glory. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. When I think about his goodness, what he's done for, hey, glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. I know many of you. I know what God's done for you. But you know something? He's not done yet. He has saved the best for the very last. You think about what God's already done. He's able to take you from what he's done to the much, much more zone. The exceeding abundantly above all that you can dare ask, hope, or think. According to the power of God. Come on, somebody. Cooperate with him.
Give him something to work with. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm not done quite yet. And we need a revival when people want to sit further and further back in the church. That didn't go so well in the first service. There was a great gulf fixed betwixt us. <laughs> How many of you would love to go to a Super Bowl game? You know, whether you're a Raiders fan or a Vikings fan or a 49ers fan, purple people eaters. <laughs> It'd be awesome to go to a Super Bowl. And it would be wonderful to go to the new stadium they're building down in Santa Clara. And wouldn't it be awesome if someone gave you a front row seat? You know something about that Super Bowl Sunday? When that showed up, you wouldn't be coming 15 minutes late. You know? And the usher looks at your ticket. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Come. Come with me. Follow me. Oh, no, no. I can't go to the front row. I want to sit on row 532. <laughs> to where my nose can bleed. And if I want to participate. No, you'll be on the front row. Right? And God has done this for you and me. He saved us, but he's also given us a seat. And it's in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. And though you and I don't deserve it, we have been declared by Him in a class of righteousness that is not secondary or third class, but you and I have been given first class righteousness with front row seating. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so that is our spiritual seating in heavenly places. Well, listen, friends, don't be afraid to come closer. Don't be afraid to enter in to the things that God has prepared for you in this place. He prepares a table before us, a six-course meal right in the presence of our enemies. And so I want to encourage you. I'm not here to condemn you, but I want to encourage you to have an attitude of expectation and an attitude, you know what? I can hardly wait to get to God's house today because I know he's got a word for me. I'm expecting great and glorious things in the house of the Lord today. Are you listening to the pastor today? And then there are those, it's been my observation over the years and I'm not pointing any fingers and I'm not thinking of anybody at all. But listen very carefully. There that are those that are just get so deep. You know, they just get so mature. That, you know, everything is Greek and Hebrew. Brother Hagin said, I don't know anything about Hebrew, homebrew, or any other kind of brew. <laughs> you know, and they, they want to get you to wade out in the book of Revelation with them. And, you know, you're afraid you'll drown if you get near them. Well, pastor, I have greater revelation and greater maturity. Listen, greater revelation and greater maturity ought to be like fire shut up in your bones. I say to you by the word of the Lord, don't you dare get too deep to leap. 
But when you get deep, it ought to get in your feet. I'm just saying. Listen, if I have less joy, if you have less joy than you've had at another time, you need a revival. Look with me at Nehemiah chapter 6. This isn't an all-day message, so you can relax. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 6. And I want us to look at uh, verse 1. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Nehemiah? Nehemiah was sent by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that were in ruins for a number of years. And when Nehemiah saw the walls of Jerusalem, he knew that those walls being down meant that they were open prey to the attacks of the enemy. Nehemiah was sent by God to rebuild those walls. Now listen, friends. Anytime you have any hint of revival going on in your life, there will be enemies that will come against you. Anytime you make a real dedication to the Lord, you know what? I'm going to read through the Bible in one year. How many of you know there'll be an enemy to try to keep you from that? And when you make a commitment to pray, you know, pastors call in a season of prayer in a prayer meeting. It's an open door for you. It's an invitation to have the spirit of prayer upon your life. How many of you know the enemy will try to prevent you from going through the doors that God opens for you? It's like Brenda's brother, when he was here, he preached a message. And the message basically was this. I set before you an open door, but there are many adversaries. Now, I don't want us to get adversary conscious, but we need to be aware of the enemy's tactics. Nehemiah was sent forth to build this wall, verse 1 of chapter 6. Read it with me. Ready, read. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah... And Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Just stop right there. Sanballat and Tobiah are enemies. They are types of demons and evil spirits. Okay? Verse 2. Read with me. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying... Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Everyone, oh no. See, the devil always wants to bring you off the wall down to the valley of oh no. Oh no. You see, one thing we know about the enemy, he's got the blues. His dream was shattered in hell. When Jesus conquered him. And he's got the blues. But you know what he wants to do? He wants to give you the blues. And he wanted to talk Nehemiah out of building the walls. And so he says, come on down. To the valley of everyone say, oh no. And the rest of the verse says, but they thought... To do me what? Thought to do me mischief. Okay, verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them. You can read with me. Saying, I am doing a great work. So that I cannot come down. 
Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down unto you? Oh, no. We need a revival when the saints listen to the devil and walk around with an oh, no attitude. Or an oh, no response. The pastor or someone gets up and says, Tonight, I'm speaking on the subject of holiness. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not another prayer emphasis. Dear God. Oh, no. Not another offering for the building. When you get revival in your soul, you'll go from oh no to oh yes. Oh yes, it's time to pray. Oh yes, Pastor Tom, I double dog dare you, crank up the music. There's a sign on a businessman's desk and it says this. If you don't think the dead come back, to life, be here at closing time. <laughs> I don't know whether I should go there or not. <laughs> but when we're more excited about going to In and Out Burgers than we are In and Out of Church, we need, <laughs> come on, a revival. When we're more excited about the ball game, or the new movie that's coming out on Friday night, quite frankly, we need a revival. You see, church is about Him. And church really should be the highlight of our week. Listen, church is a place where you can be healed of cancer. Radiation, chemotherapy, nothing wrong with it. Do your due diligence. But ultimately... Doctors don't have the final word. Jesus Christ has the final word. And whose report are we going to believe? I'll tell you whose report we're going to believe. We're going to believe the report of the Lord. But the report of the Lord is enforced, if you will, in a corporate anointing. Like it was today. Every person who is revived ought to be laying hands on the sick. Listen, friends, when you have revival in your own life, you'll see change happen in the marketplace that you work in. Husband, when you're revived and you're really walking close to the Lord, that meanness will leave your soul. And your marriage can come up several degrees. When really there's an on-fire relationship with Jesus Christ, here's what will happen. When your fellowship is where it should be with Him, your fellowship with others will be as it should be. You know why? Because you'll just get nicer. Listen, the fuller of the Spirit you are, the better life can be. The fuller of the Spirit you are, the better decisions you can make. Everyone say, the fuller, the better. You see, when you're full of God, there's not room for anything else. When you're full of God, your disposition becomes like Him. Isn't that awesome? 
I know we're getting over into some things that are getting into your individual lives. But listen, my brothers and sisters, God is your answer. His word is your answer. And I think that marriage counseling is awesome. And I think marriage counseling is great. Just as long as the marriage counsel is after the counsel of God. I'm not going to go to some old ungodly counselor that's going to tell me it's all right to invite the world into my home. I ain't going to do it. The Bible says that we are to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We're going somewhere here, folks. God's your answer. His word is your answer. Horoscopes are not your answer. I don't get up in the morning and see what my horoscope says to see whether I should go out during the day. You would be surprised at the number of spirit-filled Christians operate under the spirit of witchcraft and the spirit of this world. When Christians look to the world for direction, we need a revival. Thank you, Lord. Jesus Christ is your answer. He is the way out of that sickness and disease. He is the way out of that addiction, which, by the way, is sin. See, the world labels addiction as addiction. Well, I have an addictive personality, meaning you're acting like the devil. Now get straight and get right. If you're a Christian, Jesus is the answer. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is your answer. And so all that to say this, church ought to be the highlight of your week. I mean, I'm glad to be here. People don't have any problem going to an Oakland A's baseball game. The last two out of three baseball games have gone 15 innings. You know what it's called? It's called extra innings. But by George, it gets to be 12 o'clock, bless God. (laughs) Need I say it again? You need a revival. I'm saying it with a smile on my face, but I'm as serious as can be. (laughs) Hallelujah! Nothing's better than Him. Hey, look, I checked what's on TV tonight. There ain't nothing on TV. Come here, the Fletchers. We got a little international flavor in the house today. We want to sow seed into the UK. Amen? Amen. When a church is interested in the world and not just their building, they're having revival. When a church reaches out beyond its borders, they're in revival. Now in closing, and I do mean it, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Nothing's better than him. Nothing's better. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I dare you to be saved today, to be filled today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Isaiah chapter 6. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And what filled the temple? Does anyone know what the train is? It's the glory, isn't it? Or his presence filled the temple. Okay. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings and twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, read it with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Say that once again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full. When you get revived, you'll be glad to be holy. Because as we said last Sunday, I've discovered that the holiest are the happiest. And the most sanctified are the most satisfied. Now notice what happened. The one cried, Holy, holy, the Lord is the Lord of hosts is his name, the whole earth is full of his glory. And here's what I want you to see in closing today. Verse four, and ready, read it with me, please. And the posts of the door moved as the voice of him that cried, and the whole house was filled. Now I want you to keep that verse up there. Let's work with this just for a few moments today. Notice with me, something happened when the posts moved. And the post moved at the cry of his voice. And when the posts moved, the house was filled with smoke or with the glory. Let me use this as a figurative way of teaching today. And that is this. The posts represent what holds up the local church. The posts are the pillars of the church. And when the posts start moving, (laughs) when the platform people start moving, when the deacons start moving, When the greeters start moving, when the altar teams start moving, when we do more than just doing church and going through the motions, when the posts and the pillars of the church experience a move of God, this whole place will be filled with the glory of God. And I'm a post. I've been at my post 30 years. And you're a post. You may not realize it. But how you move and how you function in your position in the local church will determine a great deal to the degree of how much revival and glory we will experience. And I want every post to be at their post. I want every person that has been born again 10 years or more to do something today with me. And I'm standing already. But I want those that are desirous of revival and those that would say, Lord, revive me, revive this place again in the midst of our years. You that have been 
born again for 10 years or more, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Stand up. Now, you that are seated, I want you to point to those people right now. Point to them and say, there is our revival. There's our revival. You posts who are standing, you have a strategic position in the local church. Your spirit of prayer is much needed. Now the rest of you all stand to your feet. And you by standing up, you're saying, I'm joining in. I'm joining in with the people that are standing. I'm joining in in the name of Jesus. I will answer the call for revival. I will answer the call for the spirit of faith. You need to understand very, very clearly. The generations under us are watching the posts. And I believe that you and I have an obligation and a responsibility to carry the torch of revival here in the Bay Area so that it can be seen clearly and seen brightly so that when generations come up along with us at the right time, we'll be able to hand the torch off. Come on. Woo! Glory to God. It's just like that Olympic runner. He's running with the torch. And there comes a time on that relay, he passes the torch off. I don't know how long it's going to be before our generation is over with. But I do know one thing. We're going to carry the torch and we're going to hand the torch off. Listen, to a generation that knows what revival looks like. Come on now. They got to know what it looks like. And for them to know what it looks like, they're going to have to see it in us. Hold up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, I receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save my soul. And I ask you, sir, to revive me that I may rejoice like I'd have in yesteryear, that I may rejoice again. Lord, send a revival. Into my heart. Send a revival into our church. We invite the spirit of prayer to come upon us. We will stand in our place. We will flow in the anointing. And we will flow in the grace of God. And we shall impact and effect this area. And the world around us, in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Now start praying out of your spirit. Oh, Father, so be it. Oh, stir yourself up a little bit, saints. We stir ourselves up. On fire again. On fire again. Fill with the Spirit, Lord. Fill with your goodness, Lord. Oh, my, my, my. 
My, my, my. I heard Mark Brzee something, say something recently and it just branded my spirit. And as soon as I heard him say it, I text him. Mark Brzee said, I am praying for a move of prayer. See, it's one thing to pray. And we do pray. But it's another thing to have a move of prayer. You know what a move of prayer is? A move of prayer is the spirit of prayer where everyone, you just can't help but pray. You want to pray. You'd rather pray than eat. You just want to pray because you know that God is a God who answers our prayer. He says, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. And on this communion Sunday, pray this with me, Lord Jesus. I'm praying for a move of prayer in my own life. But I'm also praying for a move of prayer in my church. We receive that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just pray just a little bit longer with me. Oh, God. Oh, Ramasiki Oh, Matishte la let it be, Lord. Let it be, not our will, Lord God. Your will, your will, your will, your will be done. Your will be done, Lord, in our lives. Sambo kasite. Oh, makila base. Andolo kishela boroto. Andolo kosike la mandai. Ah, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know the joy comes in the morning. Oh, Makasite Lama. Oh, Lord, all those that are backslidden, all those that have gotten away from Father's house, we call them in, we call them back. Let's call them in, call them back right now. Oh, my Makasite. Oh, mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Oh, Paside de la Bocondo. Were you there praying English or praying tongues? Go ahead, do whatever. The tongues don't need to be interpreted right now. We're praying corporately. Just pray. Oh, brapase. Oh, bakosa. Holy Spirit, take hold together with us. As we pray for a move of prayer. Oh, Brapasa, you said, Lord, this house, your house, shall be called the house of prayer. Oh, so we stir ourselves up as a church. We stir ourselves up on behalf of this nation. God have mercy upon this nation. Oh, Ramasite. Oh, Lebrotishte and surely, surely, surely the goodness of the Lord shall be seen in the land of the living. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow the righteous. And as there is a move of prayer, there shall be a mighty move of the Spirit. Oh, for you can't have a move of prayer without the moving of the Spirit. Oh, thank you for the moving of the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, Mratish de la Masa. Come on, saints. Pray. We didn't come to church to just be spectators. Pray. The former and the latter rain 
shall be on the increase. And surely the atmosphere shall be set. Hallelujah. And the glory shall fill the temple. Oh, brakasa. Say it with me. I'm moving. I'm moving in the spirit of prayer. Oh, bakasa. Hallelujah. Greater things, Tony, are in store. Greater things are in store. Mighty miracles. Hallelujah. For the move of God and the move of prayer has opened up the door. <laughs> the windows of heaven are open today. His blessings are flowing. Oh, my. Just put your hand on your heart. Say, let it be unto me. Let it be in me. According to thy word. In the name of Jesus.